Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I would like to welcome you to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The most important thing is showing up. Don't think that you have to bring anything. Bring yourself, show up, and and remain steadfast and be a... If you are in a position of leadership and a position of management, bring women along with you. Supporting women is my passion and my purpose. And talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of my favorite things to do. I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted. She was just either afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant. Their stories connect us and help us to understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other women up. Trust is created by persistent identity. I show up as myself time and time and time again. And trust is built. It's one conversation at a time. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy O'Reilly. And I'm so happy to welcome Katie Steely Danner to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. I'm proud to call Katie my friend and recognize her achievements as the current executive director of the Greater Missouri Leadership Foundation. She has dedicated her life to encouraging women leaders who can flex across a variety of sectors and leadership styles and who can create unique solutions in partnerships with others. Katie has four decades of experience in senior executive roles in the public and private sectors, was a former member of the Missouri House of Representatives, a senior executive service federal employee, and director of various administrative offices for Missouri, which has given her a unique appreciation for the dynamics of strategic nonpartisan and bipartisan partnerships. She She actively supports and advocates for military families, and has served on more commissions than really I could even name at this point. She was a member of the debut debut class of Ingram Magazine's 50 50 Missourians You Should Know, chosen as Kansas City's Woman of Distinction in 2012, and was honored in 2016 for her role as a founding board member of Ava's Grace Scholarship Foundation, which advocates and raises money for social justice and paths to educate children of incarcerated parents. And and she's an avid sports fan. She is the founding member of the Kansas Kansas City National Women's Soccer League. I didn't know that. (laughs) And I'm delighted to hear more about Katie and her work with the Greater Missouri Leadership Foundation and her work with women leaders. Katie, so good to see you again. Welcome. It is nice to see you as well, Dr. Nancy. I need to update that bio. They've uh, they've come up with a name for the Kansas City National Women's Soccer League uh, just a couple of weeks ago. They're calling it the Kansas City Current because their new stadium is going to be built right along the Missouri River. Wow. And they're playing off of the whole current river theme. It will, by the way, be the first stadium that will be built dedicated to a woman's professional league. Fantastic. Isn't well, that fantastic? You know, I didn't know that. I, I know I know you're you're an avid golfer and we've we've hit that round ball around a little bit. And uh, but I, I didn't know about the I didn't know about this one. So tell me about that one. I know we we're gonna talk about some important things, but still how did you how'd you get involved with that? Did you, was that a sport you played? Honestly, I have grandchildren that have played soccer. 
And that is the only way that I've been exposed. But when the team was announced about a year and a half ago that they were coming to Kansas City, I said, I just got to be a part of this. And they had a very easy entry-level founding member category. I ended up buying some season tickets and I took everybody with me, uh, all generations, my young baby granddaughters, my own stepdaughters, my uh, nieces. I tried to get my mom to go to one of the games, but she didn't think that she would understand anything that was happening. So uh, she wasn't able to go, but my husband and I enjoyed many of, of the, uh, the home games that had been played in what is actually a baseball stadium right now. And the women will be transitioning to play in a men's soccer stadium for the next couple of years where uh, the Kansas City uh, men's team plays. And then hopefully in a couple of years, they'll be able to move into their own stadium down on the riverfront. And there are three owners of this team, Chris and Angie Long, who uh, Angie actually played sport soccer uh, in high school and college and professionally. And then Brittany Matthews is the other co-owner of the team. And many people may know her as the fiance of the MVP Patrick Mahomes from the Kansas City Chiefs. So they have made a wonderful contribution and a commitment to the community here. And it's really been my pleasure to support them and, and share and learn all about soccer. Those rules, I didn't know anything about. Yeah. Well, soccer, you know, soccer has just continued to be such a, a an amazing sport in the United States. It was traditionally not, but now everybody plays soccer. But uh, that, you know, that was one of the only sports I did not play. I played field hockey, basketball. I played everything because I went to a girls' uh, college. So, you know, that's they kept you busy by making sure that you were eating all the time and that you're playing some sport to keep you busy. So uh, anyway, soccer was one I did not participate in, but congratulations. Again, women's sports are, we know that women that are in sports and, and team play and have teams and work on teams are actually end up being very, very good women leaders and good spokespeople, spokeswomen for other women. So that's fantastic. I think that's a wonderful way for your granddaughters to really learn about women supporting each other. So fantastic. And the grandsons well, okay. too, they've enjoyed it as well. So it's been really yeah, fun. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like I said, women supporting each other is so very important. Let's talk about you because this is a personal, this is personal. I think, you know, someone such as yourself, you know, you're extremely accomplished, bright, you're intelligent, you're extremely attractive. Women sometimes will look at other women, especially women that they think are more successful than themselves, and think it must have been so easy for them to be who they are. But we all know that we have our past and our journeys that we take to become who we are. So tell me just a little bit about the Katie that, uh, that I've gotten to know, the friend, the friend I know. Well, I, I'm really happy to be in this space uh, in a professional capacity now. I actually have been advocating for women to be at the table, truthfully, through my whole life. I think sometimes some of my leadership opportunities came my way because I was tall very early uh, growing up, right? So the teachers would look around the room and say, who should I put in charge when I have to go down the hallway and make sure the kids don't act up. Oh, Katie, can you can you watch the rest of the kids in the class? You know, in the second and third grade, that type yeah, of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I had some younger sisters too that I I was a big influence in helping to raise them. But I I step into leadership uh, positions 
really because I have an opinion. And as people who know me know, I like to express that opinion. And sometimes I look around and I see uh, others that maybe are not stepping to the table, uh, looking for opportunities to walk through that door. And I've just been handed a number of opportunities to do that. Uh, Way back in the 80s, when I was working in higher education in North Missouri, I was living and working in Kirksville and was working um, in the admissions department for what was then Northeast Missouri State University is now Truman State University. The incumbent state representative decided to run for higher office. And so that opened that seat. And I was a young woman at the time of 27 and I had never been to Jefferson City uh, and I, I went to Jefferson City and filed for office for state representative because three other people had gotten in the race, by the way, three other men. And I didn't think any of them would do the job as well as I could. Um, and so I just uh, stepped forward. I made a deal with the president of the university and said, hey, I, I want to do this. I feel like the timing is right. If I lose the primary, which would have been in August of 1988, then you can go ahead and bring me back on campus. I I, I took an unpaid leave of absence. But if I win the primary, then I'm going to go on and win the general election, I hope. And you can go ahead and fill the position. And on November 8th of 1988, I won in Adair County, uh, which was really kind of the swing county by, get this, eight votes. (laughs) And I went on to win in Schuyler County, which was the district at the time, by about 330 votes. So I was referred to as the landslide candidate, right? Uh, Every vote counts. And uh, I was able to serve three terms in the Missouri House of Representatives. And again, I was was a young woman uh, and had the opportunity to get to know the state of Missouri in a way that without that experience, I never would have learned the the uh, vast diversity opportunities and frankly, the challenges of the state of Missouri. Yeah, well, women in politics, I mean, that, that definitely gives you a whole different perspective on what's going on. But uh, again, finding and, and making sure and helping other women to get a seat at the table is what it's about, using their voices and seat at the table. Well, and I know you've been very involved with Missouri, uh, all the different offices, and we're the executive director of all the different uh, commissions. Uh, I'm on the state committee of psychologists, and you were actually, uh, I guess I guess you would consider me one of my bosses at one point. <laughs> at least Pam Goose was, uh, she was the executive director, so she, you were her boss, but then I worked under Pam Goose, so... Uh, grew so that was uh, wonderful. Well, you you've come a long way, but I think you're 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 coming full circle. Looks to me like you're coming full circle back to the Missouri Leadership Foundation, which is again uh, profoundly important in the state of Missouri to grow women leaders. And I think that's that's key. I mean, unless women do have a voice and do have a seat at the table, nothing's going to change. And and right now it's more important than ever that women speak up. You know, I'm still, you know, women connect for good. You support women and support other women and anything is possible. So, okay. So tell me a little about Missouri, the Greater Missouri Leadership Foundation and this leadership challenge that uh, you mentioned. So tell me about that, because I don't think, uh, I mean, I, I understand it, but again, it really is a, 
a very unique uh, process to, to grow and to develop these women leaders. So we are in our 32nd year. There are some uh, traveling leadership symposiums, maybe through the Chamber of Commerce or other uh, organizations that sometimes will say the class year rather than the actual calendar year. And we're thinking of changing that because the class of 2021 was actually our 32nd class, right? So hearken back to me as a young woman elected to the Missouri General Assembly, I was actually in the third class of the Greater Missouri Leadership Challenge. And I've been involved for the last 28 years. Uh, I just have totally embraced the whole mission and tenet of uh, what Greater Missouri attempts to do. So the history is, there was a similar organization that was based in the state of Texas. And at the time, Ann Richards was governor of the state of Texas. Yeah, and she used this um, existing organization to help to fill her cabinet, to help to fill some of those boards and commissions that you served on, similar uh, situation. She, she just used it as a sounding board. And many of the women that were involved in the program at that time called Leadership Texas, and it still exists, um, were transferred. Uh, they were working for AT&T or actually Southwestern Bell, uh, Southwest Airlines, and they were transferred to St. Louis from Dallas. And when they landed in St. Louis, they looked around and they said, there's not anything like this. There, there are some similar community leadership opportunities, but there's nothing of a statewide basis, and there's nothing that focuses on women and emerging women. And so they um, pulled together a strong uh, advisory foundation back in the 19, late 80s and early 90s, and here we are today. We are a traveling symposium that usually have a class between 30 and 40 women that meet over a dozen days, uh, four three-day sessions in four different communities of the state. And we do a deep dive of topical issues to that community, things that are happening in the state of Missouri and certainly some intersection with what's happening uh, nationally and globally. And really, Nancy, what we try to do is something that, that you advocate so successfully is just open people's eyes to the possibility, not only the possibility of your, your own career, um, how can you become more engaged in your community? Uh, what are some opportunities for you to use your uh, strengths and your passion for the greater good? And we hope that when they graduate from what we call the challenge, that they are then challenged to take that step and walk through those doors as they're open to them. Yeah. Now, but again, these women are selected to become a part of the, that class. Okay, so how do how would I apply? How do I how do I get to be a member of that that particular class? Say twenty twenty two. How do I get to be a part of that class? I'm sure you've already made selections for twenty twenty two or maybe twenty twenty three. But how would I, as a just as an individual woman who who really is trying to to hone my leadership skills, broaden my leadership skills. And I, I see this as an opportunity to not only become a member of this, this group, but to, to really do some fantastic networking and grow, grow my, my community as far as women leaders. So how would I apply? 
You're absolutely right. That networking piece is key. And we are a referral-based organization. So because we've graduated 32 classes, we have over a thousand alumni from across not only the state and not only the country, but internationally. We have many women that are working with large corporate firms that are you know, currently based in Brazil or Germany, England, et cetera. So there are two ways to um, become an applicant. One is through the referral. An alum says, I want you to consider, uh, here's, here's my friend, Nancy. She has uh, these strengths. This is what she's doing personally and professionally. I see her as an emerging woman leader that would be successful in this program. The other way is to self-nominate, to say, I'm really interested in learning more about the state of Missouri. And frankly, uh, because of the, the event that you helped to sponsor uh, down in Springfield, we have a number of women that have self-nominated from that community and the surrounding Southwest Missouri community that learned about us um, through the, the business journal um, or just through some social media of that particular event. And that helps us because we, we want diverse women, not only diverse industries, diverse experience, but diverse in geography and, and obviously diversity across the entire spectrum. Yeah. So there, those are two ways. You can just go to our website at greatermo.org. We are an, an, a not-for-profit, so our um, website is a .org, and you can just apply online, and I'll follow up with you. I, I'm a mighty staff of one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you. That's more than enough. But uh, <laughs> I have well, a great what, board of directors, too. So well, that, What would that you helps. say, Katie, because of your own personal experience and, and is now uh, the executive director, which, again, puts you in just a, a fantastic position to really – encourage women but what what do you think you have gained and what 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 would women gain more than anything else from from being uh, uh, selected for this this foundation this leadership foundation so my motivation when i uh was in the statewide class um way back in the 80s was like every elected official i had illusions of grandeur right so i thought oh this is a statewide women's leadership organization I'm going to meet these statewide women that will help me on my next campaign, right? I'm gonna just create this great network. What I didn't know is that that network would literally help me over the course of my life. And I have gotten to know women from industries that I never would have been exposed to. Growing up in the greater Kansas City area and then going to college in North Missouri, I never really thought about the opportunity to meet women engineers from Boeing or agronomists that are working for MFA or for Bayer or uh, women leaders. Literally one of our uh, alumni and board members runs the nuclear Callaway power plant, wow. right? I mean, these are women that have unique experiences and are bringing them to bear um, in their communities, but also within their professions. So the networking and the opportunity to just learn about all of these different industries and the women and their career paths and how they've been able to get there have been fantastic. But then also we, we travel and we learn about issues in the state. Um, you know, 
we've just had this big infrastructure bill that has passed through Congress and the issues of rural broadband, while they may not apply to me because I live here in a really great fiber hood, um, it it doesn't impact me. But when we were um, traveling across the state and learning that some of the school children that were sent home last year because of COVID were going to their local McDonald's to do their schoolwork because their technology didn't exist in their community, in their on their farm, or maybe even living in a suburban area, broadband still hadn't made it out to them. So just learning about these little nuances of the challenges of life that maybe you haven't been exposed to, that's really been the greatest benefit of being involved with Greater Missouri. Yeah. Well, the, the one thing that we say over and over again at Women Connect for Good, nowhere, no one gets anywhere alone. And I think, you know, the other one is if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go all together. So this is what it's about, you know, and, and with Take the Lead, we, we have seen women who, again, were, were selected to be a part of different cohorts. And we've watched them grow and we've watched their voices, you know, explode and expound. You know, when when a woman actually feels that other women are supporting them, it, it's almost as if uh, they've just gone to their first party, you know. But it, it's a wonderful thing to see that. I wish more and more women understood that, especially white women. I'm going to be a little bit, uh, I'm yep. not going to, I'm just going to say it, say it the way I see it. But uh, I wish more white women understood that. Uh, when we join with one another, anything is possible. You know, I think women of color have figured that out because they've been doing this forever. They've had to just to, by joining forces. But uh, so, so how does it fit as far as gender equity and gender equality in the overall country at this point? What do you, how do you think Missouri's doing as far as all the above? Because again, the last elections, we've definitely seen more women being elected to to top leadership roles in politics. But again, we, we've got we've got so far to go in so many different sectors still. I don't know if you I can't remember what the bill is, but California just passed a bill that women have to be on boards of uh, public boards. They have to be selected and be on boards. And depending on the numbers of, of the company, they have to be more than one, two, four, depending on the numbers. So, I mean, we are seeing some states really move forward and saying, wait a minute, the stats show over and over again that when women are on in top leadership positions and are in the C-suites, that the, the companies are more successful. But, you know, I, I still think here it is 2021 and we're we're still dealing with some of these issues. But how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, it's not just continuing to deal with those issues. The, this COVID situation, the, the pandemic is really taking a toll on women in so many different ways. Yeah. And um, you asked, you know, where are we in Missouri? We actually partner with an organization called United We. It's actually the Greater Kansas City Women's Foundation. They've renamed themselves. And we've worked with them for many years to try to get more women appointed to uh, local offices, local boards and commissions, but also to sort of do some evaluation. And they've got some great statistics about how far we need to go. We're also sort of challenging this sandwich generation issue, right? We're taking care of children. We've got all of those parenting responsibilities. And in far too many cases, we're also taking care of our aging parents or caregivers, you know, step parents, 
grandparents in some cases. And all of those burdens are falling on women's shoulders and it just becomes a little bit untenable. And we're finding that as people are uh, dipping their toes back into a workplace setting, going back into the office, oftentimes the men are getting advancement to go into the office because the women are still having to do that caregiving role, right? And for, for better, I think, people are embracing the opportunity that you can be a good and qualified and dedicated employee and work from home. Remember a few years ago, this national debate yeah. about yeah. Yeah. can we trust our employees to, uh, to work remotely? Uh-huh. Well, the, the good upside of everybody being um, isolated is, yes, you can do that. It takes a little bit more work. It takes a little bit more strategy, sometimes a better communication system. But women have a long way to go. The state of Missouri is not as progressive in even thinking about, let's make sure that we've got the percentage of population appointed to boards and commission. The state of Iowa has had a law in the books for over 25 years that whatever the percentage gender of the state is, has to be that makeup on their boards and commissions. And we have many, many, many boards and commissions that are all white men. Um, And it's sometimes because those are the ones that raise their hand right? We tend to be, and, you know, gender specific women, we tend to do this and you do a good job trying to eliminate these barriers, but we want to make sure if there are 10 categories that you have to fit to apply for these roles, we want to make sure we fit all 10, right? Where the men will step forward if they meet three or four or five, right? So we we try to share that message. Let's empower each other. You may not have all of that history or background, but you'll learn it. And we're going to help you along the way as you do. Yeah. Well, women need to learn to negotiate and need to understand that they're walking in with just as many talents and abilities as any any other gender. I mean, that's the whole point. But yeah, the COVID, COVID has not been anybody's friend. And there are women that have left the workforce and many are not returning. And so because of the, the lack of childcare and the lack of uh, flex time. And, uh, you know, you know to me, it seems like this is an opportunity for so many women that can really, because the companies, are, there's many, many companies right now and corporations that are really struggling to find people to come to work for them that have the skills that they need. But, but again, I think if women are negotiating better about not only their, their salaries, their benefits, but how they work, uh, Katie, I'll be honest with you. I really don't. I, I have no desire right now to to put on a suit and go to a meeting. I, I I've actually enjoyed the Zoom meetings. I mean, you get so much more done. The time and the energy that you save is is such a cost saver that if women understood that, you know, they they would you know they could go into companies and say, I really want to work with you, but here's gonna here's the best way that I work. And and yeah. you know and and bring in the ideas. But of course, women have to continue to grow. And, and develop skills that continue to give them the opportunities to get those jobs. So, right. Uh, but, you know, what, so what's, what's really holding women back in Missouri then? What's, what's the pros and cons? What, what do we, what would you say? Well, I'd say some of it is a direct relation to some of the people that are in leadership positions. Um, and, and some of that is just the nuance of politics, right? I mean, divisiveness sells and, 
you you speak to your base because you want to turn out votes, et cetera. And unfortunately, that is just the way of the world at this time. So there are organizations that are trying to coalesce and you know work to break down those barriers. We as an organization are not really a training pipeline trying to encourage women to run for office, but if that's a result of their experience with Greater Missouri, then we totally embrace that. There are different ways to stepping forward. I mean, not only can you step into the political arena, maybe you can write a check to somebody that is running for office that has the similar um, attributes that you're looking for, that is looking for family programs that are going to enable uh, women to be advanced within their careers. Just look around you, what's happening at school board meetings now, right? School board positions are becoming really important as more and more parents are taking an active role and becoming very opinionated about some of the decisions that are being made. Well, that's always been the case. It's just now becoming uh, more aware to individuals how important these types of local positions could be as well, right? So I just feel like there are many different ways for people to step up to power. And we, we just finished our fourth session for a combined class of the 2020 and 2021, because of COVID, we we did some things virtually and we wanted them to have the immersive experience. And Gwen Mizell, who is a leader within uh, the Ameren Corporation, talked about not only has she been a leader and chosen to move up because of her education and advancement, she's also stepped onto a corporate board. And again, there are many, many opportunities for women to have a seat at the table within the corporate sector. And so we're, we've done some of that in the past um, as Greater Missouri. We're going to be looking at trying to help a bit more with that because many of the women that are alums of our program would be perfect candidates to have a seat at that corporate board table too. How many people did you say have graduated? You said there were thousands. Yeah. Um, how many? Yeah, we have over 1,300, 1300 uh, graduates. Women have yeah. graduated. So yeah. that's quite the network and, and uh, the referral, as you said, the collaboration and the support that women can get from being a member of this this greater greater Missouri uh, leadership foundation i mean there there endless possibilities endless pos- possibilities uh, so tell tell me a story of just one woman right now who who you would say is is an example of the positive parts of being a member of the greater greater women's leadership foundation do I have to limit it to just one? Well, <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding. Well, one that, that no. comes to mind. One that no. comes to mind. There, there, are, there, are, there are many. Um, you're, you're, you're an example. I mean, I'm looking at you and you're definitely an example. But uh, how about a young woman that just has blossomed and grown because of this uh, leadership program? So this, there are two very recent examples. Uh, the first is probably one of the youngest members that we've had in the class. She started as a 24-year-old. She has since had a birthday. So uh, she's 25. She actually is a Bosnian refugee that resettled in the Kansas City community when she was five years old. So she's an American citizen. She and her family have been living here for over 20 years. But while we were at the session in St. Louis, we went to the International Institute and actually helped as a volunteer 
uh, activity to put together packets for the incoming Afghanistan refugees. And uh, Fatima is her name. Fatima had done some work knowing where we were going. And she found out that the location that we were going to was actually the largest Bosnian refugee resettlement in the United States of America. People don't know that history. Um, St. Louis has actually welcomed more Bosnian refugees than any. And so she was sharing that story with us. Um, we were there learning about what the International Institute does, learning about their challenges and how they try to help people, you know, within the time frame when they come to the United States. And of course, it's very topical now because of the Afghanistan refugees. But Fatima pulled up a photograph of her sponsor family uh, when she came to the United States as a five-year-old. And I looked at the photo and I said, this is really interesting. And who, who are these young girls that are in this picture? I mean, one of these is obviously you. And she said, yeah, and one of them is my twin sister. And I said, I had no idea you had a twin sister. Where is she? Well, Fatima actually works for the city of Kansas City, Missouri. She actually staffs one of the leaders, um, the, the mayor pro tem within the city of Kansas City. And she's been able to take her greater Missouri experience and talk about how homelessness and partnerships with corporate America working um, to help fill um, hunger needs as we looked at rural Missouri, all of those things play into some of the public policy that the city experiences. But she also shared that this family that sponsored her were a Christian family. And not many people really knew that Fatima uh, being a Bosnian is actually a Muslim. And she said, it's easy for me to acclimate because I'm, I'm white skinned. I don't wear anything on my head. I don't wear any, what you would call costuming, some people say. So looking at me, you think I am just an American citizen, but I'm actually Muslim. And when we came to the United States, this Christian family adopted us and took us to like a Christmas play that they had at school. And we just thought it was amazing. We'd never seen a Christmas tree before. They had this fake snow and we couldn't figure out really what that was, et cetera. And so she talked just in, an, in a safe space with the other women in the class about her experiences and people were able to say, you know what, I, I never really thought about it that way. She, she really has a unique story to tell and think about where she'll be 28 years from now from that very early leadership experience yeah. and how she's been able to raise her hand and step into the arena. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's, again, the friendships and the, and the amazing net, <clears throat> community and network that you're making, because there's many stories, I'm sure, that when, and that's why I always ask the story, how did you get to be you? But when we share where we come from and who we are, there's always a wonderful connection. Well, okay, this is a wonderful program. I wish we could talk more and more about it, but uh, we want to get people more involved at, uh, in, in Missouri with this leadership uh, opportunity. So what do they need to do to, to learn more about, say, I want to be, I want to be an applicant. I want to refer myself. I want to be a, be a member. So how do they do that? 
Yeah. So obviously um, you can check out all kinds of information on our website. Also follow us on social media. We have a very active LinkedIn page and uh, a, a fairly active Facebook page and Twitter. So not only will you find out a little bit about what's happening, you'll be engaged with some events. Um, so now that we're all meeting together in person again, or we're just doing some online things, we invite people uh, to come and join us and get to know what greater, the Greater Missouri story um, through any of those types of events and activities. So we welcome you to check us out. Well, thank you, because uh, we need to keep growing this women's, women's leadership and having the seat at the table. And I, and I thank you and congratulate you on what you're doing. And uh, you've always inspired me, Katie. So uh, it's just, a mutual admiration society, Nancy. Uh, it's so good to see you. Nice to see you. So I'm not going to say goodbye. I'll just say see you again soon. But uh, thank you for all you do. And we're still we still have more to do. So we have to keep working. We do. We'll, we'll keep at it. Day. Thank, thank you. you so much. Uh -huh. See you later. Bye-bye. If you enjoy these Smart Amazing Conversations, please subscribe, rate, and review them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, and Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. Thank you for listening.